Welcome to Global River Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. Every chance, every opportunity I get to minister the word, and I want to honor Pastor Tom. I have a new Bible now. If I can see my last name there. And I wrote Bishop. (laughs) So that way, if you see it, you know it's mine. (laughs) Praise the Lord. So I have a new Bible now, so I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. So I'm going to be using it this morning. I have a very important message that the Lord put in my heart today. And I am so blessed by the way the Holy Spirit has been moving already in the service. So you, you can tell as we go into the word that the Spirit of God is one. So this morning, we are going to be speaking on a, topge- a subject that the Lord put in my heart. I actually changed the title a couple of times, but I finally settled on this one. Satan is after your fate. Satan's objective is your fate. Open your Bible with me to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 1. Glory to God. Somebody said to me, I talk so fast that they can't really catch what I'm saying, so I'm going to try to slow it down. Uh, Luke chapter 1. Look at verse 26. How many of you are ready to receive the word this morning? The Bible says, now in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. A village in Galilee to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of the king of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Verse 34. Mary asked the angel, how can this happen? I'm a virgin. I told you that I came up with another title before I settled on Satan is after your fate. That was yesterday. My original title was, how shall this be? Which is what Mary said. How shall this be? I'm, I'm building up to something. How shall this be? And that's the, the thought that flows in our mind when God gives us a prophetic word. Or when we read the word of God, we see all the promises that are in the book. And we are looking at our circumstances. We are looking at the history of those circumstances. We are looking at the things we are going through. And the question is, how shall this be? Because when you read this, Mary said, how can this happen? I'm a virgin. 
Then the angel, this, remember this is Gabriel, replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative, Elizabeth, has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. I want you to note that Elizabeth is pregnant. They are cousins. And John is six months old already, six months along in the pregnancy. When the angel appeared to Mary and gave the announcement, probably the most important announcement, the most important prophetic word in the history of prophetic words, the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what's happening here. You are going to have a son, and that son will be called Jesus. And then in the midst of that revelation, Mary asked a question. How can this happen? Because what you are telling me is, I'm going to have a son without intimacy or uh, relation with an, a man. I'm a virgin. I'm a woman that knows the laws of, our king of, the, of Israel and the laws of God. I can't do that. So the angel now explained, this is how it's going to happen. The Holy Spirit will overshadow you and put a seed inside of you. And that seed is going to be called Jesus. And then he went on to re reveal a little bit of the ministry and the assignment of the Lord Jesus. And in the midst of doing that, he told her, oh, by the way, your cousin Elizabeth is also pregnant in her old age. Hallelujah. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. When the Bible calls you old, you got to be old. That's not, you know, in America, we get sensitive with stuff like that. It's just fact. You are, eight, you are 70 is different from 10. 17 is older than 20. I'm just saying. But she has conceived a son and now in her sixth month. Verse 37. For nothing is impossible with God. I want you to say that nothing is impossible with God. For with God, all things are possible. In your mind, perhaps, there are some thoughts rising in your head, but I know about that brother, and then I know about that sister, and then I know about this thing that's happening in my body. I know about this situation with my finances. I know about... For all things are possible. with God. Now, let's take a pause in Luke chapter 1. If you go to Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Mark 9, 23. This was the story of the man that brought his child or his son to Jesus. Actually, he brought it to the disciples because Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration. And so when Jesus was coming down, he saw there was a commotion going on. And in the exchange between this man and Jesus, Jesus stated in Mark 9, 23, what do you mean if I can help you? <laughs> All things are possible to the person that believes. 
So now we have two statesmen that seem to be saying the same thing. Everyone in this room, everyone in the face of the earth agrees that all things are possible with God. We have no question about that. But Jesus said in Mark 9.23, if you can believe, if Mary Esther can believe, if Bishop can believe, eh, if John can believe, all things are possible to him or her that believes. Just like all things are possible with God, he's now saying that if you dare to believe, if you just dare to believe, all things are also possible to him or her, old, young, doesn't matter, black, white, green, yellow, purple, that believes. And the good thing is, these are exact quotes from the lips of the master. These are the words that fell from the lips of Jesus. So you can't psychoanalyze it. <laughs> you can't explain it away. Jesus said, if you can dare to believe, you are elevated to the platform of divinity. Ooh, what did he just say? Because the Bible says, with man it's impossible, not with God. For with God, all things are possible. He now said, if you can believe. I love it. It, it means that it's not at the whims of the congregation. Uh, it's not at the whims of whether my family likes it or not. It's not up for debate or a vote. It's, it's, it's not based on whether I'm white or black. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're black or white. It doesn't matter, but if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. All things are possible. All things are possible. This is why Satan is coming after your faith. Because he knows if your faith is intact. Oh my goodness. You know, let's go to the same look that we were in. I want to show you something the Lord showed me yesterday. Go to verse 5. We are moving up in that same chapter. Verse 5. The Bible says there was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the divisions of Abijah. His wife was of the daughter of Aaron. Her name was Elizabeth. This same Elizabeth that we just read about in the encounter with angel Gabriel. They both were righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. I'm reading the New King James. The Bible said these two, these two people that we were just introduced to, Zacharias and Elizabeth, their life was flawless before God. Flawless. Everything God told them to, to do, they did. Everywhere God told them to go, they went. 
Everything God told them to give, they gave. Flawless. Flawless. Yet, in verse number six, and they were both righteous. No, verse number seven. But they had no child. How can you be flawless and righteous before God and there's a but in your life? How can you be serving God with everything you have, yet there's a but in your life? Oh, yeah. How can you be loving God, preaching his word, <laughs> in secret and in public, serving him, no reservations, yet there's a but in your life? The Bible says, but they had no child. Because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. I told you earlier, <laughs> the angel said they are old. The Bible now says, use another adjective to qualify, they are well advanced in years. The clock has moved on. So it was while he was serving as the priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priest, I have to move faster. His lot fell to him to burn incense. But when he went into the temple, or when he went into the temple of the Lord, the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on his right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, I want you to be in that scene. I want you to be there. Be like a fly on the wall. He was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. It's almost like exactly what just happened with Mary. They were having the same trouble. Conception. And then the angel of the Lord brought an answer from the presence of God. Now, I want to show you what God showed me. And you will have joy and gladness. And many will rejoice at his birth. For it will be great in the sight of the Lord. He shall not have drink, drink wine, nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. Many of us get excited because we get filled with the Holy Ghost. Outside of our mother's womb. This guy was filled with the Holy Ghost inside his mother's womb. This guy has a special assignment. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to their Lord, their God. And he will also go before him in the spirit and the power of a light. Look at the details of this man's anointing and his call. To turn the heart of the father to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. To make ready a people prepared before the Lord. Now... Zachariah has heard this powerful delivery of the word of the Lord from the presence of God. Look at his response in verse 18. And Zachariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I'm an old man. I'm talking like an old man. And my wife is well advanced in years. Now, I want you to see what happened. This is the same Gabriel, by the way. The same Gabriel. So it wasn't another angel. Maybe he didn't get the memo from God the Father. No, it's the same angel. Look at what happened. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel. I, I, I almost picture him sounding like this. I am Gabriel. How dare you? More or less. Who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring to you these glad tidings. 
but behold, you will be mute. I will not be able to speak until the, today these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. So then the question I asked the Lord was, why did Gabriel respond to Zachariah like this and had a different response to Mary? And the Lord told me, his question was, how shall this be? I'm old. My wife is old. The time has passed. He's thinking natural. Because in the case of Elizabeth and Zacharias, they do husband and wife thing. They've been doing it for years, and there's no baby. So he has a residue of disappointment, discouragement. He, he has all of that baggage. Now, Mary was asking the question, I'm a virgin. There's no way I can get conception without meeting a man. So then the angel now explained, this is how it's going to happen. The angel of the power of the Lord will overshadow you, and then you will conceive. Even still, that doesn't make any sense, because we expect sperm to meet with an egg, to produce an ovum, to produce a baby, to produce a fetus. And you know what Mary said? Be it unto me according to your word. So Zacharias, being a priest, being a man that ministers in the house of the Lord, God expects him to know better. And his question was relative to biology. We are old. The eggs wasn't working when she was 20, when she was 30, when she was 40, when she was 50, 60, 70, 80. Now you are telling me I'm going to have a baby? How is this going to happen? And Gabriel said, okay, I'm, I'm going to shut your mouth because... Your mouth is, is running itself, so I'm, I'm going to shut it. Unt because this thing is going to happen, and I don't want you to use your mouth to abort the miracle, so I'm going to shut your mouth until the day it happens. Because this boy will be born, because his destiny is tied to the Lord that is coming in about six months. But he didn't tell him that. So it was an appointed prophecy. It's going to happen. You know, there are some prophecies that whether you believe it or not, it will happen. This is an example of that. So because normally, if you don't believe the prophecy, then you abort it. But the angel said, no, this is not one of those that you can mess with. John will be born because his destiny is tied to the destiny of the Savior of the world. Because he is the forerunner of Jesus. Now, the Lord showed me something. These guys have been praying and fasting and serving God for years. And the one thing, the most precious prayer I request on their list, nothing. So I bring encouragement to you this morning. You are in good company. Don't give up. Uh, help me tell your neighbor, don't give up. No, no, no. I, I, I need a better response than that. Don't give up. You know, there are some situations in our lives that we pray and we pray and we fast and it seems like we're in the wilderness and it seems like our prayers are going into deaf ears. No, there's a bigger plan. There's something else going in the realm of the spirit that we don't see, that we don't understand. That's why we need to trust the process, trust the Lord. 
His word never fails. His word never fails. Now, this young man, John, was going to be born. And the way, because God has prophetic timing. Amen? God has prophetic timing. The timing of the Lord was John was going to be born six months before Jesus. We know that. It's six months ahead in terms of pregnancy, which means that by the, if you look at chronology of birth, John and Jesus technically are the same age, but he's six months older. Amen? So, and I read another scripture. The Bible says the Lamb of God was born in due season. There's a season ordained for Jesus to be born. Because the destiny of John was hooked to the Lord Jesus, his parents had to wait. So sometimes the reason you are waiting is not, it's not because your prayer is not being heard. It's not because God did not hear it. It's because it's for an appointed time. Wait for it. For in due season, you will reap if you don't faint. You know, Psalm 27, verse 13, the Bible says, I would have fainted. <laughs> Open your Bible there. Psalm 27, verse 13. I would have fainted unless I have believed that I, Bishop, will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Oh, I had many opportunities to faint. I had many opportunities to throw in the towel. I had many opportunities to give up. But because the word tells me, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. No matter what it looks like, like right now, if you will not give up, you are going to see the goodness of the Lord. The Bible says, I would have fainted unless I became stubborn. Stubborn. I just said, no, I'm not giving up. Oh, that doesn't mean you're not going to have up and downs. Oh, no, 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 no. Let me tell you a quick story. When we were getting ready to leave Minnesota to come here, I was working like a consultant. I would travel to La Crosse, which is about almost two hours away from my house to, my, to the location. And then I would also travel to another location in, in Minnesota. So if I'm going to Mankato, uh, it's about an hour and a half. If I'm going to La Crosse, about two hours. So when, I, when I'm going, this was a very difficult season for us. When I'm going, I've got prayer playing in the car or worship praying in the car. And I'm praying, agonizing in tongues, crying, tears. Not crying like crying unto the Lord in prayer. No, 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 tears. And I'm saying, Lord, this is what you said. This is what your word said. This is what you told me. This is what you told me. And I'll pray for two hours. Go. Two hours back. Every day. For that entire season. So I know what you are going through, guys. When you pray and you pray and you pray, and it seems like your prayers are going into deaf ears. That's why the Lord led me to these passages. To show us that there are some things that are scheduled. Don't give up. I would have fainted unless I have believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I would have given up. I would have thrown in the towel. I would have stopped preaching. What's the point? You know, the devil will come and mock your faith. Uh, you, you, you believed him. Why, why did he not help you? You believed him. Why did he not save 
your wife? Why did he not save your son? Why did he not save your grandma? Why did he not save your family? You believed him. That's the attack of the enemy. His goal is to come after your faith. Let's go to the story that, uh, oh Jesus, I need, I need more time. Let's go forward to Luke 22. Luke 22. I want to show you something that the Lord led me to share with us this morning. Luke 22. Is this blessing somebody, this one? Luke 22. In the same Luke, we're going to be looking in the book of Luke. Some of you got that. Luke in the book of Luke. Hallelujah. Verse 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan had asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen the brethren. Jesus is giving us a window to what I'm talking about here. He said, Satan's target for you is your faith. Because as long as your faith doesn't fail, you are coming up on the other side. You, you are coming out victorious. As long as you don't have faith failure, you are coming out on the other side. No matter how bad it looks. Remember what we started with. With man, it's impossible, not with God. For with God, all things are what? And if you can believe, Jim, if you can believe, Pastor Willie, Pastor Bishop, Pastor who, if you can believe, Sister so-and-so, Brother so-and-so, all things are possible to him that believes. <laughs> you have to almost tune your brain and put it on neutral. Because if you look by the eyes of sight, it looks impossible. Because the purpose of what the enemy does is, to, again, to come at your faith. To take your faith away. Because if he takes your faith away, you're done. Jesus said, I prayed for you that your faith does not fail. And when you are strengthened, strengthen the brethren. Faith is very important. Faith is very important. In fact, if you go to 1 Peter, uh, I believe 1 Peter 1.7. 1 Peter 1.7. Glory to God. Is this blessing somebody this morning? 1 Peter 1.7. The Bible says... That the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. The genuineness, the realness of your faith is going to be tested. Oh, I believe God, I believe God, I believe God, praise God. Get ready for the test. It may be a test of time. It may be a test in health. It may be a test in your marriage. It may be a test in different areas of your life. Get ready for the test. Because until your faith is tested, it cannot be trusted. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all didn't hear me. Until your faith is tested, it cannot be trusted. 
<laughs> you know, they, when, when manufacturers build cars or, be, or things that they sell in the market, they take it through quality control. They test it. They test it afterwards. They test the tire, they test the ignition, they test every aspect of it. And that's why they can say, we put our seal on this. This is a Lamborghini. We put our seal on it. It's going to work because you pay so much money for it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It's going to work 100% of the time. Glory to God. Now, take that into spiritual terms. Your faith has to be tested. It will go through fire. I don't like that. You know, I received a prophetic word, several prophetic words, especially this year, it's been a season of prophetic word for me, last year and this year. And in one of the prophetic word, the man of God, it was public, some of you were there. Uh, because it's mine, I downloaded the video so I can listen to it. The Bible says, write the vision down. Make it plain so those who read it can run with it. So I have all of them in my possession and I listen to it from time to time to remind me what God has told me personally and what he has revealed through others. And one of the things that was said in that prophetic word was, uh, you've gone through a lot and I, the Lord, allowed it. I don't like that. <laughs> you've been through a lot and I permitted it. I say, yeah, you're right, brother, but I don't like that last part. You know, sometimes God will allow things to come through your life. He will allow you to go through the valley of the shadow of death sometimes. But we don't want to do that. Lord, can we just take the highway? Can we just take the highway? We don't want to take the valley of the shadow of death. Who, who wants to go through the valley of the shadow of death? If you, if you are that person, please, please raise your hand. I, I can only see one person. But we need to pray for my sister after the service. Praise the Lord. Nobody wants to go through it, but that's the path to victory. And one of the reasons the Lord takes us through the valley of the shadow of death is because it doesn't matter whether it's in the valley or on the mountaintop, whether it's in the Red Sea or in front of Pharaoh, he's still God. He's still God. His name will still be glorified. So now, when you see these two stories, you see Zechariah and his wife, and you see Mary, the response between the two of them was very different because Mary was responding by faith. Zechariah was responding by sight. And because of that, the angel punished her, punished him rather. Now, we read here in Luke chapter 22, Jesus prayed for Peter. He said, I prayed for you that your faith will not fail. What I'm trying to show us is if your faith fails, then you are done. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Hebrews 11:6. Faith is what we need to be born again. Faith is what we need to live a Christian life. Faith is what we need to live a victorious life. Faith is the activator of everything that the book promises you. Faith activates everything that this word promises you. So if your faith fails, how do you get anything? Your faith must be protected. Your faith must be genuine. Glory to God. The goal of Satan is to steal your faith. Go to Genesis with me. Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. I'm trying to 
slow down so I'm not talking too fast. Genesis chapter 3. The Bible says in verse 1, Now the serpent was more cunning, subtle, than any beast of the field that the Lord God has made. In other words, it's very crafty, very mischievous. And he said to the woman, as God indeed said, you shall not eat of every three of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, nor shall you touch it. Then the serpent said, you will not surely die. Now, when I was studying that, preparing for this message, the Lord said, did you notice that when the serpent appeared before the woman, the serpent, the snake, the devil, when he appeared before the woman, he made the statement, as God said. Now, I want you to think with me and tell me if you don't agree with this. If I come to Ron and I say, as pastor said, what I'm saying is I'm alluding to a previous conversation. Anybody agree with that? Because I can't just say, as pastor said, without any previous conversation, you'll be looking at me like a deer in the head, like, what are you talking about, Bishop? What, if, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. So I submit to you, <laughs> one of two things happened. Either Satan observed the conversation between the Lord and Adam and Eve, or there has been previous conversation between Eve and the serpent. The Lord told us not to touch the tree, so leave me alone. The Lord told us not to touch the tree because we don't know how long they stayed in the garden. We assumed it was six days. No. We assumed the activity in Genesis was just a literal couple of days. No. But in this passage that we read, the Bible said, he appeared and he said, as God said. What was the goal of Satan? He was attacking our faith. He was throwing the arrow of doubt. God said, you are going to preach to the nations. God said, I'm going to heal you. God said, I'm going to rescue your family. As God said. Maria. George, as God said. It comes to every one of us. And it comes in your thoughts. And it will sound like your voice is a master deceiver. The Bible says it will appear as an angel of light. It will make you think that it's your thoughts. You know, pastor has done an excellent job teaching us over and over the source of your thoughts. We even have a picture that my sister drew many weeks ago that we use to depict that. Where are those thoughts coming from? You think that every thought that flies through your mind is yours. There are three sources of thoughts. From God, from the enemy, or from you. Now you can break it down even further. But those are the three sources. So if it's a thought that is evil, Philippians 4, let's go there. Philippians 4. Glory to God. Is this blessing somebody this morning? As God said. Philippians 4. Let's start from verse 6. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing. No matter the thing. 
You can put that in bracket. Be anxious for nothing. Hospitalization. Be anxious for nothing. No money in the bank. Be anxious for nothing. I've been praying for years. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything. How many things? I need to hear everybody's voice. In how many things? That covers everything, right? In Swahili, everything means everything. In my language, everything means everything. In everything, with prayer or by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. I don't have time to deal into it. Now, go to verse 8. The Bible says, finally, my brethren. You can also say my sistren. Meaning my sisters. <laughs> Glory to God. Y'all need coffee this morning. Whatever things are true. Listen to this. Whatsoever is true. Whatsoever is noble. Whatsoever is just. Whatsoever is pure. Whatsoever is lovely. Whatsoever is of a good report. If there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, think on these things. You know, God is telling you what to think on. But you know, we are Americans. I can do whatever I want. That's part of our problem. The Bible tells you what to think on. These are the approved list. <laughs> this is the approved list. Philippians 4, verse number 8, is the approved list of what to think on. If it's not pure, throw it in the garbage. If it's not lovely, throw it in the garbage. If it's not of a good report, in the garbage. If it, do, if it does not give glory to God, if it's not just justice, throw it in the garbage. Think on these things. Now, when thoughts fly in your mind that does not meet that criteria, you know where it came from. If you are a dis discerning believer, you know where it came from. You are never going to amount to anything. Jesus would never say that. None of the angels will ever say that. You are never going to get healed. Jesus would never say that. Because that contradicts his word. He would never say that. The angels of the Lord would never say that. The Holy Spirit would never say that to you. Because he will always give you hope. He will always give you faith. He will always give you encouragement. So any thought that flies through your mind, that filters through your mind, whatever the source, whether it's coming from a TV show, whether it's coming from a preaching, whether it's coming from a friend, Remember, Peter was going to stop Jesus from going to the cross. And Jesus said, I rebuke you, Satan. Because he recognized the source of that voice behind Peter that is talking to him. You have to understand where the, and the goal, again, the goal of Satan is to steal your faith. Because the Bible tells us in Hebrews 11:1, 1, by faith is the substance of the things that we hope for, the evidence of the things that we do not yet see. For by it, the hell has obtained a good, a good report. By it, we understand that the worlds, the worlds, the dimensions that we know and the ones we don't know were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of materials that are visible. 
Faith is a material substance in the realm of the spirit. The goal of Satan is to steal your faith. The Lord explained it to me. He said, faith is a spiritual raw material from which I made everything. In the spirit and in the natural, that's the raw material that he used to make everything. That's why he's coming after your faith. Your faith produces joy. Your faith produces healing in your body. Your faith produces salvation. Your faith produces everything the word of God says is yours. First Corinthians 13, the last verse. The Bible says, now abide faith hope and love these three the greatest of them is love you know why the greatest of them is love because god is love and there's nothing greater than him i submit to you faith after you get born again you must learn how to operate in faith in good days and bad days Cry your eyes out before the Lord and then stand up, strap up, and then continue. Glory to God. So when somebody say, oh, this guy or this man, you know, Kenneth Hagin or Brother Dr. Randy Clark or Ryan Bonke, they are men and women of great faith. <laughs> I want to reverse it. They are men and women of a great God. Amen? Because the same faith, he gave us the measure of faith. I just don't have time to give you all the Bible verses. Go and study. The Bible says he gave us the measure of faith, not a measure. It's the. It's an article. It's the same. You got the same as I got. It's the same one that he gave you, that he gave to Ryan Bonke. It's the same one that the Lord gave you, that he gave to Amy Simple McPherson is the same one that he gave to all the generals of the faith. Learn to wield your weapon. You got to learn how to wield your weapon. You know, I love superhero movies. You know, I, I was with uh, my friend Buckley and at his house. The, we watched uh, Star Wars. <sighs> he introduced me into the Star Wars saga. Glory to God. I love it. When you watch this story, one of the things that stood out to me in the story was, is it Solo, right? And Solo, you, you guys know the movie. I just watched it, so it's still, I'm still digesting it. But the main character that became like the main hero was not even aware that he was going to be a hero. He had to learn how to wield the weapon of the force. I can't believe I'm talking about Star Wars in my message. <laughs> he has to learn how to wield that weapon. The analogy I'm trying to draw a connection is you have to learn how to wield the weapon of faith. That faith that lives in you right now is what G, the Lord may use to create everything that you see and everything that you don't see. You don't have an inferior faith. You just have to learn how to use it. You have to learn how to use it. And like I told you, the objective of Satan is to steal your faith. He came at Jesus. 
when he was in Gethsemane. The Bible said he sweat blood. He was in the wilderness, if you will. He was almost about to give up. The Lord. And the Bible says the angels came to minister to him. He said, Lord, if there, Father, if there's another way, let this cup pass from me. It was a heavy burden. He was carrying my burden, your burden, and the burden of the entire world. And he was at a point of giving up. And what was his response? Not my will, but your will be done. He brought out the weapon of faith. The Bible calls it the shield of faith. Don't put your shield down, my sister. Never lay your shield down. No matter what. Remember, all things are possible to him that believes. God can restore a broken marriage. How many of you believe me? God can restore broken body. We've seen him do it. And my story will not be an exception. Your story will not be an exception. So never give up. Never give up. Now, I want to give you some, some manifestation of how these attacks will come. Don't waste your time. This sickness will never leave you. These are thoughts. You continue to use your pill until the day you die. That's the enemy. Holy Spirit will never say that to you. This, this, this sickness or this disease you have, you're going to die with it. The doctor said it's incurable. The doctors know more than you, so shut your mouth. You are going to die with it. That's the enemy. That's him attacking your fate. You are black. You are Hispanic. You are white. You know it runs in the black race, this, this type of disease. It runs in the white race, this type of disease. That may be a true statement, all right. But Jesus said himself. Somebody say himself. Took my infirmity and bore my sicknesses. Himself, Matthew eight seventeen, that it might be that it might be. Oh, glory to God! I'm talking too fast. Matthew eight seventeen, that it might be revealed, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, that himself took our infirmity and bore our sicknesses. I'm never giving up. Who's with me? I'm not backing down. Who's in the club? I'm never backing down. I am never backing down. Are you with me, Bruce? I'm never backing down. We never back down. I love Global River Church. We keep pushing. We keep moving forward. Somebody gets sick, we pray for them. We keep believing God for them. That's what he told us to do. That's what he told us to do. We keep moving. We keep believing God. We keep acting like the word of God is true. Isn't that what we do? We act like God's word is true. I see a lot of people that act like they believe God. That's what faith is. That's what faith, that's what the enemy is after. He's after your faith. Your grandfather was broke. Your great-grandfather was broke. Your daddy was broke. You are going to be broke. That's a lie. I rebuke that. Your grandfather had this disease. Your great-grandfather had that disease. Your great-grandma, your... You, it's in your bloodline, so settle up and just expect it. No, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. <laughs> I rebuke that. 
I rebuke that. I will never bow to that. Look at what ha- look at another one that the enemy will use. Look at what happened to brother so and so or sister so and so. And you know how long we prayed and fasted and then nothing happened. That's a lie. Because I'll tell you why it's a lie. Because the word of God is true. That alone stands by itself. No matter what has happened to that person or that person over there, the word of God never changed. The other piece is you and I don't know the full details of what's happening behind the scene. Amen? You don't know the full details of what's happening behind the scene. So go on with God. Go with his word that's been revealed to you and keep loving God. Don't let circumstances determine how you respond to the Lord. Amen? You know, somebody said faith is hanging unto nothing until nothing becomes something because God says so. Holding on to nothing until nothing materializes because his word says so. Are you going to be radical this morning? Are you going to be radical this morning? You know, I, I saw uh, a TikTok. Somebody made a TikTok video of a pastor that was preaching. So this is not me. He said it this way. Faith is acting like something is so, even when it's not so, so that it might be so, simply because God said so. I love it. I'm going to say it one more time. Faith is acting like something is so, even when it's not so, so that it might be so, simply because God said so. I stand upon it. I stand upon it. I put my shield up. On good days, I put my shield up. On bad days, I put my shield up. Glory to God. Glory to God. His word is true. His word is true. Over cancer, his word is true. Over muscular dystrophy, his word is true. Over paralysis, his word is true. He's a creative God. He's a miracle-working God. He's a miracle-working God. Every time Satan comes at you, he's coming to lie to you about the integrity of God. He's coming to lie to you and tell you. That's what he said. Did God say? Did God really say? Did God really say? He's challenging the validity of the integrity of John 1.1. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life. And the life is the light of men. The light shines in darkness. And darkness cannot understand it. It's challenging the validity of the word. And faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. You never stop hearing. You want to have a strong faith? You keep hearing it. You keep feeding your spirit, man. You keep feeding your spirit, man. You keep pumping it in, day in, day out. And you keep acting on what the word says. And if you will do that, you will see the glory of the Lord. 
I would have fainted unless, George Phillips, unless I had believed that I would see the glory of the Lord. I had many opportunities to faint. I had many opportunities to turn back to Egypt, but I kept moving. I kept moving. I kept moving. I kept moving. The wind is coming at me. Ah, yes, the onslaught of the enemy is coming at me. But because the Lord is with me, I kept moving. I kept moving. Glory to God. I would have fainted unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord. Who's with me this morning? Are you expecting God to meet you in the place where you are? Remember, it doesn't matter what the doctor said. Thank God for doctors. I love doctors. They help us. They help our faith along when our faith is not quite there. Or maybe something else is happening that we don't understand. You know, nobody has a full grasp of the ways of God. Nobody does. We know what the word says. We follow what the word says. But there's other dimensions of things that God doesn't reveal. For example, you know God is a keeper of secrets. I remember this past week I was doing my walk, you know, just praying in tongues. I walk around the neighborhood and I've got my Bluetooth and I'm talking to the Lord. And I was asking God, God, you know, when I was five years old, 10 years old, you know, 15, you knew that you had a call on my life for ministry. This wasn't a happenstance. It was there all along. Why didn't you tell me? And the Lord said, don't you understand that I'm a God of secrets? And I'm a God of time and seasons. When the time was right, I revealed it. <laughs> Glory to God. So there are some things about your life that God hasn't said anything yet. He's keeping it close to his chest. You know when you're playing cards and you keep your cards close to your chest? Because you don't want them to see your card. You've got A's up your sleeve. <laughs> Glory to God. God has all kinds of A's up his sleeve concerning your life. And he's holding it close to his chest. And at the right time, the right moment. That's why you can't give up. Sisters, you can't give up. You can't give up. Brothers, you can't give up. You can't give up. God is too good to give up on him. God is too good to give up on him. And if you need a dose of encouragement, I trust by the Holy Ghost that the message this morning has injected something on the inside of you. He's faithful. He's faithful. Don't give up. The enemy will come and say, well, you know, this is how you are going to die. That's a lie from the enemy. I rebuke that right out. Oh, glory to God. I, I need five more minutes. Mark eleven twenty three. Mark eleven twenty three. Is this blessing somebody this morning? We are going to end with the words of Jesus. Mark eleven twenty three. This was the story of Jesus cursing the fig tree. Sometimes preachers say, you all know the story. If you don't know the story, go and read it. Jesus 
and his disciples, they were coming, and they saw the fig tree. I'm just giving an abridged version of it. And Jesus wanted some fruit on it, and there was nothing. And Jesus responded and said, let no man eat fruit from you ever again. And then the next day, in verse 20, now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dry from the root. And Peter, remembering, said, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed, you cursed rather, has withered away. And Jesus said to them, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God, not in medicine. There's nothing wrong with medicine. Have faith in God, not in doctors. There's nothing wrong with doctors. Have faith in God, not in the lawyers. There's nothing wrong with the lawyers. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. For surely I say to you, if you will say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in your heart and believe that what you say will come to pass, you will have whatsoever you say. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So one of the ways you release your faith, I've preached on this before, is by your words. What have you been saying? What have you been saying about that situation? What have I been saying? What have you been saying? If you've been saying negative stuff, you, need, you have been partnering with the enemy. You need to quit that. Say what Jesus said. Say what the word says over you. But what I want us to land with is have faith in God. Have faith in God. In the midst of the battle, have faith in God. In the midst of the trials, have faith in God. Because the attack on your life is targeting your faith. You're going to do mighty things, my brother. Great and awesome things ahead of you. Great and awesome things that will make people wonder, who is this dude? Write it down. God has marked you for awesome things. And that's why the fierceness of what you are going through right now seems like, what is happening? Man, he's afraid. You know, when, when, when people go to war, when opponents come to war, the first thing, the in War 101, is you look at prime targets. You go for their communication. You go for their food. You go for very important resources that will severely diminish your opponent. So when the enemy is coming at you, because you are very important, you are VIP. You are VIP. And the level of the warfare, the level of the fight you have been going through is indicative what God is about to unleash. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. I still have more to say, but time is gone. I want us to get up for a minute. Let's get up. Let's, you know, shake off the, you've been sitting for like an hour. Glory to God. We are going to do something uh, prophetic this morning. We are going to do something prophetic this morning. I didn't plan on this. I didn't think this up. You are going to look at the giants in your life. The Goliaths of your life. It might be sickness. It might be lack. It might be whatever. I don't want you to, you know, blab it out so that your neighbors will know. This is between you and God. I want you to look at eyeball to eyeball. And I want you to picture yourself like a, a mighty warrior. 
with all kinds of crazy weapons, weapons that only the mind can conceive. As imaginative as your mind can be, picture it. It's, it's in the realm of the spirit. And I want you to release words. You are coming down. Just like David said, you come to me with bows and arrows, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. Today, I'm cutting off your head. MS, you are coming down. Cancer, you are coming down. Every sickness and disease, disease, muscular disease, blood disease, bone disease, you are coming down. I want you to begin to address it in the name of the Lord. I want you to begin to address it. Open your mouth and begin to address the giant that has been facing you, that has been staring you down. Begin to address it with your words. Begin to address it with your words. You are a mighty warrior. The weapon, one of the weapons that God has given you is your mouth. Is your mouth. And you wield the weapon of faith by your mouth. I blood pressure, I speak to you. Come down in the name of Jesus. Become normal. Low blood pressure, become normal in the name of Jesus. You can't hear a message like this and just walk home. We have to act on our faith. You have to act on your faith. I speak life in the name of Jesus. Everyone that is under witchcraft attack, witchcraft attack. I break the stronghold of witchcraft over your life. Every manipulation of the enemy over your life that is saying you are not going to move to that next level. I cancel that assignment in the name of Jesus. I take power over all the powers of the enemy and I lose the host. Go now in the name of Jesus and begin to smash, begin to smash platform, begin to demolish altars in the name of Jesus. Every stronghold in the mind, every stronghold in the body. Somebody pray with me this morning. I cancel every assignment of hell over your marriage. I cancel every assignment assignment of hell over your family in the name of Jesus. Over Global River Church, I speak life in the name of Jesus. Every area that is not palatable, we cancel every assignment of hell in the name of Jesus. Spirit of witchcraft come down in the name of Jesus. Spirit of manipulation come down. Spirit of infirmity I address you in the name of the Lord Jesus. I address you in the name of Jesus. You have no authority to operate here anymore in the name of Jesus. Heart disease be made whole. In the name of Jesus. Come on somebody. Speak to the Lord. Begin to address. Begin to address the, the enemy that has been staring you and saying no. Today I speak to you. In the name of Jesus. And when you get home, be bold. When you get home, be bold in your car. Be bold. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. The fact that you get emotional doesn't mean you don't have faith. No, especially for, mostly for the ladies. The fact that you get emotional does not mean you don't have faith. You are, we are an emotional being. I cry sometimes. I'm not ashamed to say that on the pulpit. I'm a dude, but I cry. But when I'm done crying, I wipe my eyes and then I pick up my sword. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Pastor, help me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Don't we love it? Yeah. Did you think that this little boy from Nigeria would come and be here? Praise the Lord. We love it. 
Hallelujah. Give us the nations as our inheritance, Lord. Well, God bless you all. Don't forget to pick up some goodies on the way out and share them with your neighbor, right? Praise the Lord. God bless you all.